Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I'm good. I can't do no complaining, but I just feel like, how are we already at the end of the year? Like, what? (laughs) Girl, I feel like this has been the fastest but slowest year. Like, I feel like 2020 has been like six different years. Yes, that part. Because I've been like six different people mentally and emotionally. <laughs> yes, that part. <laughs> so how are you doing? You know, I am doing pretty good. I am, if you know me, you know that since the world has been in an uproar and, uproar and we are in dismay, I am using it, at, using it as an excuse to watch Christmas Moors Galore. Because Lifetime is running Christmas movies 24-7. Um, Hallmark is running Christmas movies 24-7. Netflix got it popping over there. So I'm in Christmas movie heaven, and that has been making me feel tons and tons better. What about you? Same. Well, I already need to start, like, putting my Christmas tree up and everything because usually I do that around the Thanksgiving holiday. I haven't got not one thing out to decorate, not one thing, because I just don't feel like it's, like, how is it already time yet? But I know um, I need to on that because that'll put me in the spirit and the mood for you know, like you say, Christmas movies and listen to Christmas music and yeah, all of that good stuff. Um, but in other news, so we finally, well, even though this year has just been up and down, we right. still got really good news about our first Black Vice President elect. So, how do you feel about that? You know what? Like I was. I'm going to be like totally honest. Girl, I was lit about it. I was so excited. I was lit. I was running through the house. I was hyping myself up. I was like going, talking a million miles per minute, telling my mom. I think I texted and told you. Like I was texting everybody trying to see how they felt. But you know what? Honestly, just with, you know, 2020, like you said, like it has just been a lot. And I have just been, I'm not going to lie. I really didn't expect a lot out of Donald Trump. I even don't like to say his name, but I did not expect a lot out of him. And he just really underdelivered and underwhelmed me with his presidency. And I feel like he pitted so many people against him, against just each other. So I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried, (laughs) Um, you know, just about the outcome and what was going to happen and what was going to occur. Because, you know, we're used to, I think in our lifetime, we're used to just getting, you know, our results on election day but we had to wait like five days for like to figure it out and honestly I am so happy because first and foremost I never thought and I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest I never thought in my lifetime or at least when I'm young that I would see a woman elected to be president or vice president let alone a woman that is black Like, I just never thought that I would live to see it. And you can say whatever you want about her. I don't really care. But you have to give her props. Like, she is smart. She is intelligent. She is articulate. She knows what to say. She knows what she's talking about. She is gorgeous. She is beautiful. And 
can we give it up for the first second gentleman of the United States? Because one thing about it is he hypes her up. He is so happy for her. You know, he is leaving his job at the firm so he can support her. And did you know she did not meet him until she was 49 and she did not get married to him until she was 50? She's 56. Well, Lord, there's hope, ain't it? Um, <laughs> right, but no, I have just been, but just for real, I'm just so excited just to be completely honest. And I'm really excited because I'm just so happy that she won. I'm so happy that she is in one of the highest offices in the United States. And I'm so happy that little brown girls, little Asian girls, little black girls, little mixed girls, and just women in general have her to, um, look up to like I think she is a great role model and you know she is the first um you know person to serve as president that came from an HBCU so Howard will not be humble aka's will not be humble black women will not be humble for right for never (laughs) so really excited and happy for her what do you think friend same thing of course when I first uh saw it it just made me feel like it just made me feel really good because we always talk about how representation matters and it's like whenever we um see somebody in that type of light it gives us some some hope you know what I mean and it's not to say that like um we could have never done it but it's like you the way of the world these days it's just it gives it gives little like you said little black girls little brown girls hope that we literally can be anything that we want to be we can stand right there next to the president-elect and make decisions with him and so it's like when I saw it, it just gave me hope for my own like career ambitions as well right and so I think that with her something about her comes across very like humble and very she she just really seems like she actually cares about the American people unlike somebody else who shall not name so (laughs) I I just feel like whenever um it was announced it was kind of like the same feeling whenever Barack Obama got elected it was just almost like um they put on for every single black person in the world you know what I mean so um, I just felt great I have great hopes for uh her and the administration and all of that I just it just makes me feel really really good and I think that for her position that's a lot of pressure it's a lot of responsibility but I feel like he does great in what she is doing then imagine you know, like when one time she said, you know, I may be the first black woman or the first woman vice president, but I won't be the last. It's like she is paving the way. And right. that is literally what it's all about. So, of course, I was happy. It's like, go okay. us. I'm so excited. And all I got to say is my VP elect is black and I'm lit about it. So. <laughs> so while we lit, let's go on and talk about <laughs> dating and relationships. This may not be as lit. I don't know. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the question. So, Shelby, I want to ask you, do you agree or disagree with this statement? Women are raised to survive and be independent, while men tend to be either babied more or just raised on straight survival. How does this play into dating? So first, do you agree or disagree with that statement? And then if you do or don't, how do do you think it plays into dating? So I a thousand percent agree with this. Um, I do. <laughs> and I think especially for black women, because I think as black women, I think or I'll speak for myself. So for myself, I think a lot of times, you know, 
I was raised, obviously, you know, with love and care, to be ambitious, to follow my dreams. But I was also raised to be very independent, survive, and go get it on my own if I had to. You know, like, I've always been raised to be the type of person to not depend on, you know, anybody to do anything for me. Or, you know, to depend on a man to do things for me or complete things for me. I was always raised to know how to do things myself, know how to be independent, know how to work, know how to pay my bills, know how to just do things on my own and not rely on somebody else. So I do think that women are raised um, to be independent and to survive because I think um, I think a lot of women have had to do it by themselves. Like I will say that, you know, my parents have been married for over 30 years and my mom has not had to, but I know that if she, but I know if she would have had to, she could have, you know? And I will say that I've seen so many women be independent and, you know, just kind of go out and be on survival mode because they had to. And I think, I think more women are being raised that way because, people that are raising them or their guardians that are raising them they don't want them to be stuck in a situation you know where they can't go anywhere because they're dependent on somebody or they don't have the money and they don't have the means and they don't have the self-esteem and they don't have the instincts to survive so I do think that I will say that when dating men it's kind of two <laughs> it's kind of two ends of the spectrum it's either they've been babied in their mama's boys or they're just raised on straight survival mode. Like, they're just built different. I think this really, really does play um, a big part in dating. Um, you know, growing up um, in a two-parent home, you know, I guess I really didn't realize that. And it is just, I guess, just because I was younger. Like, you don't re- I didn't realize that everybody didn't grow up the same way that I grew up or didn't have the same environment or the same tools and resources that I had at home. And, you know, when you get out and you start, especially when I got in college and I started dating different men that came from different backgrounds, different types of households. And even, you know, most recently when I was out here dating last year, I think I did date a few guys that were really just raised on survival mode, meaning, you know, they were the, like if, they were the person that was taking care of their siblings, helping their mom out, cooking and cleaning and making sure everybody had. Like, I remember one time I was dating this dude and we were just having this simple conversation. And I think his birthday had came up. And, you know, like when you're dating and you're not like together, but you dating. So you don't really know. It's that weird spot. You don't know if to get him a gift or not. So. Um, me, me and me, I got him a gift, but I got him like just like nothing fancy, but just something like really small and cute to let him know like a couple of his favorite things to let him know that I was thinking of him and I remember to this day even though I can't stand him I remember to this day like giving him the gift and him just being so shook because nobody had ever done anything that nice or that thoughtful for him and he literally said like man nobody has ever gone out of their way to do something so nice for me or you know to gather up my favorite things so I do think that for the most part, you know, men kind of fit in those two categories. And I think it really plays a big part in dating. I realized that when I'm dating somebody new or I'm meeting somebody new, that I really do have to probe to kind of figure out how they were raised or kind of like what home life looked like for them growing up. 
because I found if I can kind of get a picture into, you know, how they were raised or how their home life was, I can kind of get a picture into how they communicate. For instance, I feel like if you're a mama's boy, let me tell you something, mama's boys ain't got no problem telling you and communicating with you. If they don't like something, it's something wrong. If you need to do something, like they are quick to tell you that they mama do it like this or they don't like it. Trust me. But if somebody is raised on survival, I tend to find that sometimes they're not used to people. They're not like used to people that I guess care about them or that want to communicate with them or that want to grow with them or that want to better them. Like they're not used to having a life. So since they're not used to it, they tend to sometimes not communicate their feelings as well or communicate what they need or even show their emotions sometimes and they can really like you but you'll never know because they couldn't show emotion so for me I think I think it does play a huge part um in it what do you think yeah I think I'm not sure if I agree 100% with the statement but I do agree that how somebody is raised does play a part into the dating because like you were saying if like if they've grown up and haven't seen a healthy relationship or a healthy marriage and that plays a part in what they um how they are in their dating life or if they want to be married or if they want to have a healthy relationship maybe all they've ever been around is toxic relationships so that's the only way they know how to function in a relationship on their with them with someone so um for me i was raised to um be be who I am, like be independent. And I just don't really know any other way to be. So I know that will play a role in whoever I'm dating. And so for, for example, I like fell, like literally just fell on the ground. Right. And I was with one of my guy friends and he just kind of turned around like out of shock, like, girl, why are you on the ground? What is wrong with you? (laughs) And I'm like, dude, I fell. He was like, and I was like, and you didn't even help me up. He was like, you didn't give me a chance to help you up, Miss Independent Woman. Like, that's literally what he said to me. But I was, I didn't realize that, like, I didn't even give that man a chance to do anything for me, to help me. I just did it myself. I just got up so abruptly and kept it moving. That's a word for somebody. So <laughs> I said, that's literally how I am in a relationship. I, I'm, like, so independent. Not to say that I don't need that person to help me or that I don't need them to do something for me. But it's just never on my first mind to let that person do something for me I'm like oh I got it let me just get up and do it you know and it's like that so I do agree that that does play into um dating I also um one time I remember having an ex like try to come back into my life and I wasn't really engaging with him or anything like that but he would say to me like oh well you must be occupied with some some man let him know you know I hope y'all y'all good and and it just really pissed me off because there was no man in sight I had no prospects and so what I had well I didn't say this to him because like I said I didn't engage in the conversation but I was just like why do you think because I'm no longer engaging with you right that it has to be because I'm with I have another man because or that I you know moved on in my career is it's like the the fact that I made choices to move on in my career or move on to where I live or move on to building a brand or move on. It has nothing to do with a man. That's just right. my, my independence within myself. So sometimes you can uh, get with somebody who is not used to an independent woman and then they don't know how to, they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to, like you were saying, if they, 
it's foreign to them so they wouldn't know like okay well how do I handle this if she you know she must be you know into somebody else and the, and it's just it just gets messy so right I think that most people don't take the time to even realize or or I'm not gonna say analyze you don't want to psychoanalyze anybody but they don't take the time to understand how somebody is raised was raised or what they were raised to in their beliefs and then some some of all of this is subconscious we don't even know what we're doing like my example earlier I was like I didn't even know that I was just you know doing my own thing I'm like oh wait hold on so that's why I've always said whenever I get into a serious relationship it's going to be an adjustment for me because I've been doing my own thing for so long but some women like we don't have a choice like what choice do we have you know right we we just got to go out here and do it ourselves sometimes so I don't know it's we can go on and on and on about being independent versus men. Now, I have dated some mama's boys. I really, I really Girl, have. that's a whole different breed. Like, I think I would rather have the survival because <laughs> that, it's a lot. Because with the mama's boys, you got to deal with the mama too. Because she thinking that that's her man. <laughs> you know, like, she, right. she, she think that's, that's her baby forever. <laughs> and it's, And it'll be, you know, hard to to be that person to step in but um I don't know I just I've always felt like when you are in a relationship with somebody you you don't want to lose your independence so it's like what where's the fine line to okay I'm independent I can get this on my own but I don't want to be so independent to where he feel like he can't do nothing right so I guess my next question would be like so like when you do find somebody or I guess either of us, you know, get in a serious relationship, like what is balance going to look like to you? Like, how are you going to try to balance keeping your independence, but also, you know, I guess shifting it a little bit, you know, so you can let your man do man stuff, I guess. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. I have no idea, but I think for me, my personal experiences is that I've always been the most independent out of, out of, between me and the person that I was with. So I would, um, I would say that I, I remember meeting somebody who showed a little bit of interest in me, but he was so like, so accomplished and so independent. And it was like, I got intimidated because I was like, what can I do for you? Like, right. What? And I, and, and I got a taste of like what some men that I've come across probably feel like with me. Like mm-hmm. they probably just feel that that um, independent. But for me, I don't really, I don't throw nothing in nobody's face. So right. to answer your question, I don't know what it's gonna take. I think for me, it'll just have to be something that I consciously make an effort to realize what I'm doing. Like let the man be the man type of thing. I'm not saying that like I'm just gonna call it out every time. Like oh, well, you should do this so I won't do it because I'm independent and I need you to do this. <laughs> like, but it, it's something that I have to work on within myself. And I don't know, maybe the whoever God wants to set me up with, maybe there'll be somebody to help me with that because I, I'm i just used to out here getting how I live on my own. And it's like, I really don't know what that balance would look like. It's just something I have to learn. And like right. I said, if I meet somebody that is in a, a place of, that intimidates me, then I don't even know what I would do. So right. I think it'll be just an experience. I don't know. What about you? I think for me that just kind of like you, like I'm always going to have some type of independence and I'm always going to be independent just because that's just how I am. 
But I think for me, in order for me to shift some of that in in order to let him, quote, I guess, lead in a sense, is that he's going to have to show me consistency and like he's gonna have to show me consistency and he's gonna have to continually show up for me the more you show up for me the more that you're consistent the more that you do what you say that you're gonna do and you show me that you are you know the man that I need you to be in order for us to be together in order for us to hopefully you know create this beautiful life together like when you start doing those things then I can shift some of my independence if that makes sense then I can, you know, put more, then I can put more trust in you. Then I can let you do more things. I can let you lead me more. But for me, I think, honestly, I'm going to be 100. I love being independent, but sometimes I just want to take off my little cape. I want a back rub. I want a hug. I want you to hand me some wine. And I want you to make all the decisions in my head sometimes. That's in my head. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> life is exhausting. Like, it really is. Like, I'm just not out here being Miss Independent because I want to. I'm out here being Miss Independent because I have to. But I said it all to say that, honestly, I think me having a, not a problem, but I think me shifting some of my independence is going to come when he shows up for me continually and consistently and I can trust him. When he does that and when he does his part and what he's supposed to do, I have no problem shifting it. But until you show me something different, until you show me something that I can bet on, I'm going to continue to be misindependent. But I think for me, it comes down to, you know, giving him opportunities to show up for me and giving him opportunities to show me that he can help me, that he can take some of the weight off of me because I want you to, because it's too much being misindependent. I'm exhausted. I'm literally exhausted and running out of wine. So please have at it, please. <laughs> I agree 100%. And I think that's a, a whole nother um, segment for a whole nother podcast when you're talking about consistency and being able to rely on that man to do what he said he's gonna do and then I'll yeah. let my guard down a little bit with the dependent because just it's, it is about depending on someone now for me I'm a dependable person so anybody can depend on me but I'm not so easily right. depending on anybody besides my parents so right. um, that's definitely going to be an adjustment for me Um, but I still would always want to have some sort of idea identity or independence for myself right and I think you should yeah I I think all women should I think that's how you get I think that's how you get lost and kind of sad and down on yourself but like you said that's a whole different segment for a whole different podcast yes so with that being said let's go ahead and continue with the show to our next segment called the journey so this is when we'll discuss um how Shelby and I's journey of building our brand, All Things Melanin, has been the good, the bad, the tips, the tricks, whatever we want to talk about. Um, and so today we're just going to talk about when we created our brand. So Shelby, when we created All Things Melanin, we felt like there wasn't really anything similar to it, or there was no like group blueprint for what we actually wanted to create. So Looking back on that, how were we able to create, launch, and sustain our brand from 2017 until now? What would you say? Yeah, so I think looking back, there wasn't anybody specifically doing what we wanted to do. Like, I don't think there was a blog that was exactly like ours, and I don't think there's a podcast that's exactly like ours. So I think when you are looking to create a brand and there's not a blueprint for it or anything like that, I think you have to look within yourself or 
essentially write down, document, and create an own blueprint for yourself. And I think that looks like writing down what your whatever your idea is. So let's say you're trying to create your own blog or your own community. Like writing down what that blog or community would look like, if that makes sense. Like write down the name of it. Write down what it's made up of. Write down your brand story. Write down who your audience is made up of. What do they like? Um, write down what problem are you trying to solve? Who are you trying to serve? I think essentially when you're trying to create something, especially when you are creating it from scratch, I think you have to sit down and write out your brand story and write out the problem that you're trying to solve. And when you write out the problem that you're trying to solve after that, think of so many different ways that you can get your story out there and you can get your brand out there and that you can solve people's problems. So I think that's kind of how you have to start. And I think that's how we started. I think, you know, we definitely wanted to create a brand, a brand for black women to feel encouraged, motivated and inspired um, in trying to follow their dreams. But also in the regular day to day things that we're doing in life, like, for instance, we out here dating and we ain't got all the answers, but we trying. We're out here trying to build a brand. We don't have all the answers, but we're trying. You know what I mean? And I think for us, our problem was or the problem that we were trying to show was just showing black millennial women and just women in general that, you know, you don't have to figure, you don't have to have it all figured out to go after your dreams. So I think you have to pinpoint that. And then I think you just have to write down a launch day. And I think you have to wake up every single day and work at it. I think we're able to sustain it because I think first and foremost, I think we have each other. So I think that we definitely hold each other accountable. And we always show up for our brand because we never want to let one another down, but also because we're really passionate about it. And I think we're able to sustain it because we really do love our brand. It literally is our baby. And as it grows and as, you know, people join our community, it's always about for us, you know, encouraging the one, um, being there for the one, relating to the one. And I think we're able to sustain it because we understand that our brand and our purpose is bigger than us. It's not about us because we wake up some days and we're exhausted. We're tired. We don't want to record. We don't want to write. But it's never, it's not about us. And our brand has never been about us. And I think we're able to sustain it because we know that our brand is bigger than us and it's supposed to reach and touch people. But it can't do that if we don't do our part. What do you think? Yeah, obviously everything that you said. But, um, <laughs> I think what really helped us is that, like like we were saying in the beginning, there was really no blueprint for what we wanted to create. And I feel like anybody out there that wants to create something, don't think there's a blueprint that you have to follow. Like you can literally create your own blueprint. And that's the beauty of us being able to be creatives is you can kind of just create your own recipe and have your own sauce. You know what I mean? You don't have to try to mimic anybody else. And you just want to always just find your niche. And I think that that's what me and Shelby did was we found like our niche and what we actually wanted to do. And so I think with uh, after we launched, of course, that's when things really got real. <laughs> you got to see who you're impacting, what kind of feedback you got from people. Was it going in that in the direction that you envisioned when you started writing down your blueprint and creating ideas. And then I feel like the way that we sustained um, our brand for the past three years is that we've always kept adjusting and we always kept expanding because we didn't start off with a podcast. Right. We didn't start off, like when we started, we def definitely didn't have a go-getter spotlight 
article write-ups. We, like I said, we didn't have podcasts. Um, we weren't doing, you know, our dreams and connections, guest segments or anything like that. But we, as we kept going for those past years, we were able to figure out, okay, this is what we wanted to do. This is what we want to create a space also for other um, creatives and entrepreneurs and highlight them give them a space where they could be seen and noticed. And so that's how you're able to sustain your brand is when you realize, okay, um, let's create something else. Let's let's keep going. What's working? What's not working? Because honestly, when we first started, we didn't know what was going to work. And we didn't know right. what wasn't going to work. So <laughs> we just kept going. So all in all, I just feel like whoever is out there that wants to create something, just always remember that it's your baby. Like Shelby said, it's yours. You can't let nobody tell you how to treat your baby. You do right. whatever you want to do. Um, and it's your journey. And like and like Shelby says, it's really above us. It's it's above me now. So <laughs> it's not it's it's not about you and you wanting to put yourself out there. It's really there's a bigger message and a bigger purpose behind it. So um yeah, that's all I would say. You got anything else? Nope. You took the rest of the words right out of my mouth. You wrapped it up. <laughs> okay. So let's keep it moving to our mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read a DM or a letter that was sent to us. um, And then we're going to give our advice on it. So it reads, hello, Shelby and Erica, I need your advice. This year has been unpredictable and the future seems so unknown. Well, hallelujah. It didn't say that, but I'm saying it. (laughs) I'm fortunate enough to still be working, but I hate my job. On one hand, I'm grateful to have a job, and on the other hand, I wish I didn't. I feel like I'd, I feel I'd be happier. I've been debating just quitting my job and just picking up something until I can find another one. If I do this, I've been debating moving in with my parents until the world gets back to some type of normal, and I can see the economy is getting back to normal. Do you think it's a bad idea to move in with my parents and quit my job or should I suck it up and work until I find another one? Okay, Shelby, I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, so I will say they always say the best time to look for another job is when you have a job. I will just throw that tidbit in there. Um, but I would definitely say, like, Eric and I and Erica will probably tell you, we've both been in jobs that we absolutely hated. And I'm talking about hated in all caps, 1,000 cap uh, exclamation points. Like, we've been there. And I'm not even being dramatic. So, we've definitely been there. And I think, honestly, this just really comes down to what you think you need to do to be the best version of yourself for you. I don't really think there's any right or wrong answer. I think that if you feel like you can stick it out, I would keep looking for another job until you could find a job. But I feel like, you know, if you feel like you can't take it and you would be happy, you know, maybe picking up something at Walmart or Target until you could find that other gym job, then do it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I also don't think whether you get another job or not get another job, I don't think there's anything wrong with moving in with your parents until you see what the economy is going to do. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think that if you have them to fall back on and to lean on and you can utilize them and you can, you know, maybe move in with them and stack money and save money. Um, I think that's an amazing job. Um, I forgot what study it was or report, but like people are moving back in with their parents at alarming rates right now because they don't because we don't know what the world is going to look like in a couple months we don't even know what it's going to look like next month you know what I mean so I don't think 
that there's anything wrong with moving back in with your parents if that's what you want to do. Um, I think actually if you want to do it, I think it can be a very smart move because you can save money, you can stack money. And if you feel like it just becomes too much, if you want to walk away, you can and not be as stressed about it. Um, I think, like I said, it just comes down to what you think is going to be best for yourself. Obviously, there are pros and cons to everything. So if I were you, I would make a pros, I would make a pros and cons list and I would write everything down and whichever one outweighs the other one or whichever one comes out the best. Rock with that. Right. I would agree with what you said, Shelby. And also, um, like, because this person asked, do you think it's a bad idea? And I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think that if you do move back in with your parents, first of all, it's a blessing if you can do that. If you have, like, a home that you feel like you can live with your parents, put up with your family. (laughs) Right. Blessing. So I feel like not only if you do make that decision, just have a plan. Like, what is your plan? Like, don't don't just move back and then you're like, oh, I don't know when I'm going to move back out. Like, maybe just kind of write yourself a plan and say, hey, I'm going to live with my parents for the next year. And then, you know, obviously continue to actively seek for a job. And then even if even if you can't find, like, the job that you want or a full-time job, like, if you just feel better just getting out of that type of situation at the job you have now because I that's something that I learned I was like we got to stop normalizing just stay in a toxic situation now we adults and we got adult bills I get it but you still always want to keep the keep one foot in front of the other and just try to move around and get something else right at the end of the day these jobs don't care about us okay if you're, yeah. if you're stressed out and you and you have a heart attack, they don't care. They'll replace you. So do what's best for you. And, and if I feel like this person already has like their one foot out the door, probably both feet out the door, but they just <laughs> want like confirmation, I guess. But um, I just say just have a plan. Stick to that plan. Obviously, our plans haven't everybody plan in the world really hasn't been going how 2020 is letting people go. But um, I think that. <laughs> I think that for me, my personal experience, I lived with my parents till I was 30 years old, y'all, okay? And that was helpful for me because I was able to save. I said I wasn't going to move out until I saved a certain amount of money. So that's what I mean by having a plan. Even if there was some times where I couldn't find a job, but like Shelby said, it kind of takes the pressure off of you a little bit um, because you're staying at home. So I say do what's best for you. If you feel like that'll be happier, move back in. But make sure you got that plan. Make sure you know what your next move is so you won't yeah. wake up five years later and you still with your mama and you ain't got no job. So right. no, for so real. That's all I would, yeah, that's all I would say is just go ahead and do what you need to do um, and have a plan. Yeah. And it gives you some, and just to add just a little bit onto what you're saying, I like that you said that because having a plan gives you something to work toward and to look forward to. I think sometimes when you don't have a plan, like that's how you kind of get caught up in like being sad or depressed or just kind of down on yourself. But if you write out your goals and you write out your plan and you are actively making steps to um, work toward it, I think that that keeps you fulfilled. I think that keeps you happy and I think that keeps you on a mission. So I just wanted to add that tidbit to what you said. Yeah, and so you guys, if any of y'all have a question like that that you want us to answer, send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or you can, of course, slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So today we're just going to leave you with the words of encouragement and the Bible verse comes from Galatians 6, 9 through 10. Shelby, you want to read it? Yeah. 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So Eric, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes I really just, not that I get tired of doing good, but sometimes it really exhausts me. Like sometimes I feel like I am really, sometimes I get tired of being the bigger person, especially. Sometimes I really get tired of being good to people that aren't good to me. Sometimes I really get tired of being good to friends that aren't good to me or family members or work colleagues or my bosses or, you know, sometimes being good is exhausting. But I will say when I read this Bible verse, it really reminded me that when I'm doing good things or I'm doing work unto the Lord, like my good deeds are not about me. Like, I think it's normal as humans to get tired, to get weary, to get frustrated and exhausted. But I think it's really important for us to to keep pushing and to keep going because when we do good deeds, it's really like you don't know who you're helping. You don't know who you're benefiting. You don't know who needed what you were giving and I think when I read this it just reminds me that when you when you do what God leads you to do or when you do good things or you try to be a light and to help other things like you will reap a harvest like God will reward you you will get rewarded you will come out on top and I think eventually you'll see you know the benefits of everything that you're doing and I think this is just a remind I think this is just as a I think this is just a reminder to us as Christians and it's just us as in people that it's normal to get tired. It's normal to get weary, but you just can't quit because this is our purpose. This is our mission. Like we were literally set on this earth to be good stewards of Jesus and to be good stewards of Christ, you know, to share his word, to share our light, to share our influence. Like it's, I think a lot of times we have to remember that it's not about us, that we are just supposed to do our good deeds so that they can impact who they're supposed to impact. What would you say, friend? I agree with you. I think that, I mean, because we all get tired. I get tired. I'm like, God, I don't have no more cheeks to turn. You you talking about turn the other cheek. I only got two of them. I can't do it. She got one more time. (laughs) But no, but for real, like, honestly, if you are really, really doing good, uh, doing your best to be good to people that aren't maybe as good to you, or you just are really putting your faith forward, like God sees it all. It's a test. It's a test of our character. It's a test of our faith. It's a test of, of um, what we believe. And so I feel like, like you said, Shelby, he will reward us um, because he is just and like he will be your vindicator. If you feel like, man, God, why I'm always got to be the one to be the bigger person? Because that's what he called you to do. So do it. So I feel like at the yes. end of the day, I have, we have to take ourselves and get out of our feelings about it and realize what the purpose of um the situation is so I think you you know that right on the head Shelby that we just all have to remember that it's above us and that he will reward us for um being obedient and um reap those blessings so yeah that's all I have to say okay so if that's all I'm gonna go ahead and lead us out in prayer Heavenly Father, I come to you as humble as I know how. Thank you for each and every person that you have assembled to listen to this podcast. Lord Jesus, you know their worries. You know what is burdening them. You know what is on their minds. You know what has been battling battling them in their minds. 
But we come to you, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you would cover them. We pray that you would keep them. We pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would bless them in abundance. We pray that they have clothes to put on their back. We pray that they have a, a roof to be over their head. We pray that they're safe. We pray that they're dry. We pray that they're loved. We pray that they're cared for. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just continue to cover and be there for each and every person that's assembled. We pray that they, that they are loved, that they are enough, and that they matter. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.